Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Eagles are at the podium, and we have it covered here at Bleeding Green Nation. This, of course, is brought to you by SB Nation. I'm your host, Michael Kiss, and we got the two coordinators talking with the media for you today. But first, we got to get to two Eagles-related notes that post-date these press conferences and the KNS Film Review Show from Monday. So first, Chris Mortensen of ESPN chimed in on the Jalen Ramsey trade situation that we've been following here at BGN for some time now, saying that, quote, we know that the Philadelphia Eagles and other teams are still highly highly interested. I think a team like the Eagles going into last week were willing to trade a one and a two, but the Jaguars are saying no. Will their minds change today? Well, that's why we work, unquote. He also mentioned the Chiefs, which is no surprise, the Ravens, and to a lesser degree, the Chargers. So a lot of suitors out there for Ramsey. So why would the Jaguars turn down that Eagles offer and possibly one that included two first round picks, as has been reported previously? According to Mortensen, quote, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, he does not want to trade him for a couple good reasons. One, he is willing to pay him. He's a heck of a player. And you don't want to set this precedent of players forcing themselves out, unquote. So as we often say, it takes two to tango with these trade deals. And I imagine if the Eagles don't land Ramsey, it's because Khan wasn't willing or another team had an offer with a better probability of their first round pick being higher and of better value. Of course, we'll have you updated here at BleedingGreenNation.com if anything else hits the news. Second note is that the Eagles have traded their 2027th round pick and safety Jonathan Cyprian for the 2026th round pick and linebacker Duke Riley. And I am all for the addition by subtraction with Cyprian. I think everybody knows how I felt about his acquisition at the time and his play while he was here. And if you don't, well, now you know. As for Riley, this is a former third-round pick that never played up to his intriguing athleticism for the position. He's a little undersized, really struggles in the run game, flashed some coverage ability during his time in Atlanta, but lost his job to Fouye Luakon and wasn't going to have much of a chance to get it back. I don't know what it says about the current Eagles linebackers, if anything. I think he's a downgrade on LJ Fort, who is no longer with the Eagles, but he also has more potential. So ultimately, I can't see Riley taking any meaningful snaps outside of special teams this year. If we're talking linebackers, I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is Camus Grugier Hill coming back healthy and taking over base package reps from Nate Gary and getting possibly more reps in the nickel and big nickel packages on passing downs. But let's get to these press conferences today. First up is Jim Schwartz from Monday, September 30th, followed by Mike Rowe on the same day. Let's see what the coordinators had to say when they were at the podium. How much do you think it's held you guys back over the last couple of years, the cornerback injuries and not having the same guys week to week? I mean, it's, and I've said this a million times, it's not like a broken record. It's just our job in the NFL. I don't think we can look at anything as holding us back. It's just our job to, um, to go out each week and, um, you know, find a way to win the game. So, I mean, it just is what it is. On, on that note, um, Cindy Jones now has another soft tissue injury. Uh, 
what seems to be the issue there? Why is this reoccurring? No, you, I'm not the person to ask about um, injuries. Uh, okay, then is there anything about Sydney's play that, um, you know, that you've been pleased with or, or satisfied with? Uh, and what, what does this uh, do in terms of his future that he's, uh, he's back down, back on the injured list? Well, I can, I'll just speak on, on the last game. I mean, um, very first play, or not the first play, I think it was third play when he when he gave up the um when he gave up the deep ball down the field. He's he's actually in really good shape if he gets his head around a, a quarter second or a third of a second quicker, his arm his ability to knock that ball down. You know, a quarterback like Rogers is gonna put it right on the on the button. But I think he is in position that he can um that he can get that ball down. Um you know, we got to make a cleaner tackle on the uh, on the touchdown run. I think you know they're they're close on those plays, but um, you know I think that's life in the in the big city when it comes to cornerback position. We said this a bunch of times: a linebacker can be a half a step short on a play, or a defensive lineman can be, you know, a bad step, and you guys don't even notice, fans don't even notice, and you know, let, you know, it, a lot of times it goes, you know, sort of, um, you know just unseen, but corners live that life. They live that life in that fishbowl, that, you know, one little small error. And I, and I, I look at that, both of those plays really, as one little, you know, one little technique thing that you can do a little bit better, and they equal touchdowns, and that's what you have to live with. And you can't let that affect the next play. you got to go out and play hard, and you can't, um, you can't let it affect your confidence. There's, there's not many corners in the league. That, um, you know, that, well, there's not many good corners that struggle to bounce back from a bad play. And, um, you know, that's part of the profile of the position. The penalties on uh, Thursday night, I guess, particularly with Derek and Zach, uh, concern you at all that they're playing kind of at the edge of control or maybe out of control? No, I mean, we were, we had like hardly any penalties in the first three games. And, you know, I mean, I know the first play, you know, Derek's running to the football on a, on a pass play. We put a lot of emphasis on guys running to the football and he's going in trying to get the ball out. He's trying to get a fumble. He's not targeting anybody. He's going in, you know, going in trying to get the football. We want guys hustling. We want guys trying to, you know, to get that, like, you know, Zach getting the, you know, face mask, he got up on the side of the helmet. And, you know, I mean, if, even if, even if it's not like the classic definition of a face mask, if you get on the side of a guy's helmet and turn it, as particularly sticky as the gloves are, it's going to look bad and you're going to get, um, you're going to get those flags. You know, you don't want to be undisciplined. You don't want to play outside the bounds of the game. I don't think either of those guys would fall into those categories. How's Avante doing? Yeah. Again, I'm sort of the wrong person to, um, to ask about injuries and stuff like that. But it was good to have him back on the plane after the game. Um, Talked to him for a little bit, and um, he's in a good frame of mind. And what, um, what's, what's your, uh, hopefully we'll get him back soon. All right, what, what's your quarterback depth for you know this weekend if Abante can't play, if Sydney can't play, I mean, Ronald? Um, yeah, t uh, TBD. I mean, that's, that, 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 that's where we are. I mean, there's, it is to be determined. Um, you know, we're still only a few days after the game. Um, I don't know calendar wise if today's a Monday or today's a Thursday. Uh, you know, the Thursday games sort of screw your calendar up as a as a coach and guys coming back. Um, but we got a long time until Sunday, so you know we'll figure it out over the course of this week and um, you know and and 
get the guys out there that are healthy enough to uh, to play and um, expect them to play well. Well, he got thrown into the you know he got thrown into the corner position, so that was something that um, he hadn't practiced you know since training camp. Um, you know, made a couple plays, gave up a couple plays. I mean, probably about the way you'd expect. But, you know, Vontae's a good player. We got a lot of confidence in him. What can you expect from Skandrick coming back now after not playing for the first team? Well, the thing that was good about him is we did have him in camp. And, you know, even though he wasn't part of our 53 in that first week, um, he had all those built-up reps in camp. So, you know, a lot of times I get up here and say it's not just, you know, learning what to do. It's just putting it in our terminology or, you know, this or that, you know, trying to get in shape if he hadn't been in a training camp. But he was in training camp. Um, he knows our system. Um, you know, but that's one of the reasons we brought him back. It's one of the reasons we had him in training camp. Um, you know, so we'd expect him to be, you know, up to speed if he's called upon. Um, there's not going to be any startup time for him. As far as Craig, Craig James goes, what, what do you see from him in practice? And, you know, he came in Thursday and, and made that play uh, at the goal line. <laughs> what, what kind of expectation do you have for him uh, with his role? Well, I didn't see anything from him in practice because he didn't get any practice reps. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, that's just where it was. I have, those were the first two defensive snaps he's ever played in the NFL. He's played some special team snaps before, but those are the first two um, snaps. Um, watch him an individual and things like that, but um, you know, you know, wasn't uh, you know just over the last like last week we didn't even have practice. We had walkthroughs, so um, he was there when his um, when his number was called. You know, we put him in the game. And we were standing on the sideline, and, and Malcolm uh, Malcolm was over in our huddle. We were trying to figure out what we were going to do personnel-wise because it affects him. He was playing safety. He was playing nickel. He was playing quarter. He was playing dime. And um, thought for a second he was going to have to go out and play corner. But then um, when Craig came in, the first thing Malcolm said to him is, you know they're coming after you right away. And he goes, I know. Um, so you, you like that. He was, he, was, he was game. He was up to the challenge, um, you know, and made a play to help us win the game. Why do you think it is that, that your defense in particular has been uh, so good inside the five-yard line? I don't know. Um, you know, our guys, our guys know what we're doing. I mean, it's the same as anything else, you know. Our guys um, know what we do, communicate it well. Um, it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I still think there's, there's a little bit of room for improvement. I want to, not a little bit. There's a lot of room for improvement. We don't need to be um, – you know, taking any uh, taking any prizes and or consolation, anything other than wins and losses this time of year. But keeping teams out of the, the end zone for touchdowns is a big component of that. We spend a lot of time on it, and we expect to have good results. But it's no different than any other area. Seven trips inside, though, a little bit too many. It's enough to win the game. You guys have blitzed a little bit more than you did last season, but it hasn't been as effective. What do you attribute that to so far? Just the way the game goes. Um, you know, you just every every play. I mean, you know, there's there's probably other things that um, either were a little bit more effective or maybe even less effective that don't get the attention that, uh, you know, that blitz gets. So, you know, it's just part of everything. We're just, you know, it's it's quarter of the way through the season. We're two and two. Um, and we're just trying to improve every week. You know, I mean, it, and I know that sounds like so vanilla and is so cliche, but that's what we do. 
and um, you try to you know tighten up your areas that have been loose you try to improve your areas that haven't been up to par you try to accentuate the things that you're doing well you try to find your formula and um, you know it's a long um, it's a long 16 games or yeah it's a long 16 game season um, you need to keep your mind on things like that as opposed to short term or what happened the previous game or overreact um, based on a game situation or an injury situation um, this league truly rewards people that are in it for the long run and, and can do it over the long run, and we have to we have to be able to do that and and improve over the course of the season. Did you make any improvement in your uh, four man rush? Um, you know, I, th- I don't want to say it was improvement, but I've seen good things from it. Um, you know, I think with um, you know there, there were times we had chances to get the, the quarterback on the ground and give all credit to Aaron Rodgers. He's a very elusive quarterback and made a couple plays that he escaped some sacks that um, you know we might feel a lot different. The rush would be exactly the same, but um, you know he broke a tackle or you know worked his way around or you know made a great play with his feet, and you know it, it, we still rushed the same. Um, you know, I, I think we we did see in in Derek Sack how how important sacks are to us because it's not just creating lost yardage plays. There's a lot of ways you can create lost yardage plays with defensive line play. You can force a holding penalty. You can um, you can get a tackle for a loss in the run game. You know, all those things have force a um, intentional grounding. Um, you can force a quarterback to throw the ball away. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do that really don't show up on the stat sheet. But the thing is, contact on quarterbacks and and sacks um, have a high incident of turnover. And I think we saw that on his play. And, you know, I've said it to him blue in the face. You know, our job as a defense is to limit scoring and to, um, number one, and number two, to create turnovers to to help our offense. And those are plays that can help our offense. How do you prepare for a team like the Jets that you don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be? Well, you know me, like when I sit up here and I say, hey, everybody that's on our 53 has got to be expected to contribute and, um, you know, and we have confidence. And I think it's the same thing when you prepare for another team. If they're on their 53-man roster, you're preparing for them. So, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll keep that in mind this week. Um, you know, see where they are with their quarterback position. Their scheme's not going to change a whole lot. Um but we'll be ready for, you know, anybody that's uh, on the roster now or up through Saturday. As that game went on, how did you uh, kind of factor how much to go with more two deep safety looks um, specifically in the second half? How do you kind of weigh that throughout the course of a game like that? Yeah, I mean, that wasn't the plan going in, um, but plans change during the game. And, you know, you you need to sort of be able to react to that. I thought the guys did a pretty good job of transitioning out of that with a couple injuries that we had and, also, some of the time, as quick as the ball was coming out, um, we didn't need to, you know, be we, we needed to be, um, you know, scheming it a little bit different. Um, no different than any other other week. I mean, you know, like I said, a lot of times people talk about halftime adjustments, and there's no such thing. It's adjustments within series and even play to play. Um, you know, and and I, th- I think it it helped us in a lot of ways. And you know, there were there were a couple times that you could see, sort of that 
it wasn't the main part of our game plan. We didn't practice a lot, and, you know, we ended up giving up one play that we probably shouldn't give up in there, but that's probably no different than anything else. All right. All right. was talking after the game how the uh, offensive line and running backs were communicating during the week uh, to make sure that they were you know, getting on the same page, which apparently factored into the success that he had. What did, what did you see uh, leading up to the Green Bay game in, in that respect, maybe that? Well, I think, uh, you know, in a, in a short week like you have when you're getting prepared for a Thursday, um, you've got everybody out there on the field and, and in more of a walkthrough setting. And so you probably have a little bit more opportunity, quite frankly, to, to talk through plays as, as you know, you're going at a little bit slower pace than you would ordinarily, where then you're huddling up and calling the next play. You guys are getting back. There's, there's that kind of communication that can go on. Um, perhaps that's what, what he's referring to. We get a lot more reps, you know, in, in a walkthrough setting because we're not, you know, we don't have to deal with the wear and tear of the guys and, and manage their stamina from that standpoint. So uh, I thought the communication was excellent across the board. Uh, throughout the entire week, and uh, we knew going into it that uh, you know the, the pressure package that they presented, them, the different fronts that these these guys presented to us uh, was going to be a real challenge, and um, the guys took on the challenge head on. You know, uh, Coach Stoutland, Roy Isfin, our assistant line coach, uh, Press Taylor, you know, uh, with, with the, the pressures and making sure that uh, we're all on the same page in terms of protecting the quarterback in our pass protection scheme and also uh, in the run game, which obviously proved to be a big, big part of the game. With Miles Sanders starting to go for some of these longer runs, it feels like you can see his confidence start to build. What have you seen from him through four weeks? Yeah, we obviously have a lot of confidence in Miles. Um, it was great to see him have a uh, have a productive game like he did, and um, you know he's he, he he got us a spark there on the on the kickoff return. Um, you know, change of field position really flipped the field for us, gave us a short field. We were able to turn that into a touchdown. Um, you know, he did a really good job of, uh, and I think he learned uh, coming out of the Atlanta game. You know, can't can't break everything outside, and he's in the last two weeks. I think you've seen him adjust to that and life in the NFL and the speed of the game and stick his foot in the ground and, and get his shoulders going to, towards the goal line. He's made some great runs. He's made some runs where uh, he's had to make somebody miss in the hole and, and gotten extra yards. And then when the hole's there and it's, and it's blocked, you know, efficiently, um, you know, you see his burst through the hole. So uh, I think he continues to get better week to week. Mike, uh, Jordan and Miles, neither had a real history in the receiving game in their previous places. Can you just talk about how far they've come and, and they've both made contributions the last two weeks in the receiving game? I think you got to give those guys a lot of credit. They've uh, worked really hard on their game, knew that that was an area that they could continue to work on or improve on, whatever the case may be. And uh, they know that they're, you know, they're weapons for us out there in the passing game, that we're going to try to find them and, and utilize them as uh, out there in space or if we get a matchup that we like, and they've done a great job. What kind of differences uh, Dallas Goddard made in the running game? Well, we've, we've talked about how, how strong Dallas is at the point of attack. Um, he, he did a great job, again, blocking both at the point of attack and, and carrying out his blocks down the field, really finishing. Uh, he's tenacious and, uh, and, and strong. He's got strong hands when he can get his hands on you. Um, he plays with, with balance and a, and a base, and, and can, he can really move people. So uh, he, he obviously gives us an advantage there as an inline tight end. When you went into that the, game, uh, did, you have a, did, did you know that they were going to kind of stick with their <laughs> sub packages against 12 personnel or early in that game? Is there sort of a feeling out period to see what they're going to present against those guys? Well, you, you have, you know, you kind of your hunch, you know, if, if you will, in terms of how you think people are going to try to play you. But then you got to try to make sure early on, like you said, we want to see if it confirm or or uh, see if they've changed course. And we know that they're a sub, really a sub uh sub uh, personnel uh, defense. So 
Um, you know, we, we like we like our matchup with, with both our tight ends on the field. We feel like we can be effective running and throwing the ball with both those guys on the field. You dusted off the RPO game against them, Mike. Uh, was it matchup specific for that team? Or is it something you want to use a little bit more going forward? We've used it uh, in every game. We have. Um, we've maybe called it maybe a couple more times. Some of that was at the line of scrimmage. We, you know, we got up on the ball quickly. And uh, I can remember a couple times doing that. Um, we we got a lot of confidence in it. Again, it's a little bit more game plan, game plan specific there. Whether you know how often that shows up or the kind of rhythm that we get in offensively, and um, you know a couple of those came in, in in one or two two drives there where it showed up, popped good, and then let's let's get right back to it. Um, I think it was coach did a great job of, of getting back to it and calling it again. Did, did Carson show you anything on Thursday night? I mean, he only threw for the you know 160 yards, nothing you know spectacular or anything like that, but just the way he ran the team, ran the game. Yeah, I think uh, every week um Carson's played really well and played at a high level and played winning football um to go on the road like that and and to uh to uh, play the way that he did again another efficient day uh on third down and uh, play the way that he did in the red zone uh some of the throws that he made down there getting to secondary receivers and things like that uh thought he played uh, really well very efficiently and, and very in control of his game how rare is that to have more yards rushing than passing in the game. I mean, have you ever been a part of anything like that? I don't. I don't. You'd have to look up stats on that. I don't know. I don't. I know we ran the ball really well um, across the board. Uh, JP, Isaac, um, Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane. Uh, we already talked about Dallas and the, and the job that he did. Um, he shoot, even Alex Ellis came in. You know, on a play down there in the goal line and. Uh, chopped a guy down there on one of the, the touchdown runs that, that Jordan had. Um, you know, all those guys all night, guys on the perimeter blocking, covering their guys up, making sure they were targeted right. Uh, it was a really efficient job. You guys are at 56% on third down. Obviously, Carson's a big part of that. What else has kind of gone into that success? Oh, uh, shoot. Um, guys are where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there down the, down the field. Uh, so from a dependability standpoint, um, I think there's comfort in, in where they're going to be. And um, Carson's found guys. Um, you know, we, we still see room to improve there and uh, would like to improve even on third down. We've, we've tried to stay out of third and longs, which has helped. And when we've been in third and long, we've been able to convert in some of those circumstances, which we know uh, are more challenging. But, uh, you know, try to try to stay on, on par on first, second down and, and make it easier for ourselves on third down, I think, is, is a winning formula. You, guys mentioned, you mentioned uh, Goddard's tenacity and his um, you know, ability to get up the field. How rare is it for a tight end to be able to have the agility and athleticism to get up and, and, and get a safety five yards down the field, but also uh, you know, come on those wham blocks and, and kind of seal off like a 300-pound defensive tackle. For yeah, that was yeah, that, that wham block that you speak of was pretty impressive. He, he did a heck of a job on that. But he, he's, athletically, he's, he's so good out in space. Um, that he can cover these guys up, and he's got the length. And once he gets his, his hands on them, um, you know, he's able to move them out of there. So he, he does a good job. He's smart. Justin Peel does a great job in uh, coaching those guys each and every week, and, and we're trying to take advantage of his skills. You guys had that sequence in the fourth where you're backed up at your own one. It looked like you went with the same run play, I think, three times in a row and got out of there. What stood out about um, that sequence and what you did well there? Well, I think our guys just uh, – that, that was a big series in the game, really, to, to get it after you know, a goal line stand, have it on the one-yard line, and then um, be able to move it all the way out to midfield. Uh, and, and again, credit to coach, just sticking with the play, it was working. 
Um, rather than get to something else, he just he just called it three times in a row there, and, and it was uh, efficient runs. Came squirting out of there a couple big, you know, and uh, be able to change a field position like that in, in a game like that on the road was was critical. And really, oftentimes, you know, when you get in those backed up situations, the ability to do that is is an overlooked situation in every game. So, uh, guys handled that down there in the noise and, and that end zone, and, and be able to dig it out. Uh, thought they did a great job. Mike, does it take some time to kind of establish a rhythm in the running back? Room? when you have a new uh, you know, set of backs in there for your offense. And, and what have you found is you know, what works for you guys? Yeah, I think um, we, we've, we've had a lot of success here and uh, you know, rotating the backs. Um, Deuce has done a great job of that. The backs understand it. They understand that uh, you know, we're going to try to keep guys fresh and keep everybody involved. And, and each game, and um, I think that you know those, uh, you know Jordan and, and uh, Miles the other night did a great job, and, and Darren knows that he's ready whenever his number's called, and he's been productive whenever we put him in the game. So uh, we feel really confident with with all three of those guys, and um, you know that'll be something that we continue to do moving forward. Mike, what jumps out at you about the Jets and um, the attack that they have? Well, I think. Um, yeah, Greg Williams, number one, does does a great job, and uh, he kind of comes at you a little bit like Green Bay comes at you with you know uh, some some guys from different angles, and um, the way that they play their coverage is is a little bit unique. And I've got experience in, in practicing against Greg, and um, we know that uh, it'll be a heck of a challenge for us. Our guys, uh, we talked about it with them here this morning, so we're we're uh, two days out out in front of where we'd normally be with the you know be, being able to come in here and and start getting ready for the Jets when they had a bye week too. So um, we're not not getting any leg up on them that way, but um, they've got talented guys up front. Um, you know, Jamal Adams, obviously, uh, you know, he stands out there on the back end. He's somebody I recruited, uh, so I've known him a long time and familiar with his game. And um, But we, we know it's it's going to be another really good challenge for our offense. Um, they're going to make it hard on us by, by some of the things they do schematically, and we got to get on our, our game plan and, and be on it again this Sunday. Staff comes up with the, you know, maybe the run game plan for the week or helps. You know, how does, what's that dynamic like? When does, when does it happen? And, we usually are putting, you know, putting the plans together in advance of of the game that we're playing on Sunday, trying to um, lay the groundwork uh, there, if you will, so that everything isn't isn't left till till Monday or Tuesday, um, and then come in and and uh, finalize things on on Monday into the evening, and uh, and then we'll get together on on Tuesday. We usually have the players in here on Tuesday, and um, then once once we get finished with the players, kind of recapping the past game, then you know then the acceleration of of the game, game planning really starts there. How much in that game with the run game did you want to kind of break maybe some of your previous tendencies? It seemed like you showed some different runs out of, you know, looks where it might typically be one thing, but you went with the other. How cognizant of that were you going into that game? Yeah, that's a good observation. I think that, um, you know, we try to self-scout ourselves and uh, try to break tendencies where, where we see them, where we find them. Um, we're always conscious of that and, and making sure that we, you know, we're not giving things away. And then the execution was there. I mean, you know, you talk about a short week all, all you want, but, um, you know, the execution was at a very high level. The guys, uh, like we said, were locked in. They went up there, and we, we talked about it here last week, excited to get up there to Lambeau, play against a good football team. The guys uh, were obviously focused all week on, on what their job was, and, and they performed at a high level. So you got to give our guys a lot of credit. Just following up on the Miles and Jordan in the receiving game, how, how important is it to the offense and the way it operates to have that multiple aspects of teams 
when they see those guys, know they're not just running. Yeah, I think it's really important that, to know that all five guys out there are a threat to get the ball every time we drop back. And, um, you know, if, if they want to, you know, sink way back and, and try to take down, take away the downfield throws and we can dump it off and then we get those guys in space, they have the ability to make guys miss. Or obviously uh, two of our better ball carriers. So um, we can see it as an extension of the run game, if you will. But um, these guys, like I said, they, they put a lot of uh, work in, extra after practice, things of like that, you know, in between periods getting catches. Deuce has emphasized it with them, and, and uh, they've been diligent about it, and it's paying off. It's paying off for them. It's paying off for us, helping us uh, be efficient on offense. Um, Carson's doing a great job of, of uh, you know, checking it down to the backs. And, again, that's one of those things that doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's efficient quarterback play, and uh, it, it makes a big difference over the course of a game. Mike, I know it, was always, it wasn't really a passing game, but uh, Nelson Aguilar had the one target uh, after several targets the previous two weeks. Was that a product of Alshon being back, or was there something more there? No, I wouldn't read anything into that at all. No, just the way the game played out. Okay. Yep. G and